In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Today is the second Sunday of Thawut, and today the gospel is from Luke chapter 10. And as I mentioned last week, the theme of this Coptic month is the love of God the Father for mankind. And the gospel, and this theme was in this gospel for today very like clearly. In the gospel, it begins with a prayer of our Lord to the Father. And in this prayer, the Lord, He thanks the Father. He thanks the Father for His choice of the disciples. And he's, and so that's what I want to talk to you about today. The qualities of a good disciple. The qualities of a good disciple. It's written in the gospel of today that in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said... I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and revealed them to the babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in your sight, all things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the, who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. I think the first quality that you can see of a good disciple is... Simplicity. Simplicity. The first quality of a good disciple is simplicity. He said, I thank you, Father, for you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent, but you've revealed them to the, the babes. God always reveals himself to the simple in heart, to those who have like a childlike spirit, to those who have sort of a dependency, a trust or a faith in God. On the other hand, the people that tend to complicate things, and and make things very difficult will have struggle to see God to the wise to the wise people sometimes God seems foolish to the wise sometimes God seems foolish i remember when i was living with my graduate students these were like the top scientists like this was foolishness to them and this is what saint paul he speaks about in first corinthians he says for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And this was the case with the Pharisees of the time. The Pharisees would see a miracle done by the Lord, and instead of believing the miracle, they would have problems of jealousy, they would have problems of, and accuse the Lord, oh, he broke the Sabbath, oh, he's doing things wrong, because they weren't simple in heart. And from the gospel of today, I want you to compare, you know, our Lord is thanking the Father about the disciples and that they're babes. And then we hear about a lawyer, someone under, like scholarly, someone wise, someone who has understanding. And compare and contrast this scholar with the, with the disciples. It's written that a, behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him. It's written, tested him, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And what's interesting about the response of the Lord when the, the, the lawyer was coming to test him, the Lord just turned it back on him. He said, oh, you're someone that's, you know, educated and well-learned. Why don't you tell me what your reading of the law is? So the lawyer thought about it and said, hmm, it is, uh, the lawyer answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. That was the, lo the lawyer's response, actually. So you to say, good answer, lawyer, you did a good job, you really understand this stuff. 
But you can see from the the next response of the the lawyer, and this isn't in the gospel of today, but it's right after this account. It says, but he wanting to justify himself. He wanted to feel better about himself. And so he asked the follow-up question, then who is my neighbor? It was as if he had all the answers already, and he just wanted to sort of like get approval from the Lord. You know, I think about like the Lord, like he was kind of the new popular figure of the time, and this was some lawyer that wanted to make sure that, you know, wanted to show off his skill and his wit. And so he went to the Lord, asked him a question. He knows all the answers already. And then wants to just show off in front of the Lord. And we see that this type of show off isn't like accepted by the Lord. In the Catholic epistle today, it talks about how if you stumble in one point of the law, you have broken the law. If you stumble in one point of the law, you have broken the law. I think this was the message that the Lord wanted to give to the lawyer. The lawyer thought, oh, okay, I've done all these things. But then about his neighbor, uh, not so much. So you have broken the law. Actually, all of us have broken the law. All of us have broken the law. But that's okay because God is forgiving and wants us to not justify ourselves. He wants us to come asking the question with inherent love for for true reason, not to lift ourselves up, not out of arrogance. Do you see the difference? The attorney was asking the question out of arrogance, not out of a, a wanting to learn. The second quality about good disciples are that they are committed. Good disciples are committed. The Lord said, you shall love the Lord your God with all, ooh, that was loud, with all, all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. All, all, a hundred percent. That means all of us should be a hundred percent dedicated to the Lord. In the Old Testament, this was, is very interesting. When the Old Test, in the Old Testament, when they were giving the rules for how the priest would dress, one of the things that was very nice about the, the, the dress of the priest in the Old Testament is that they would actually have a sign on their turban that would said, dedicated to the Lord. It was like written on their forehead like this, dedicated to the Lord. That idea that we are dedicated to the Lord is not something that faded away in the Old Testament. It's something that we are all dedicated to the Lord. We all have this sign on our on our face, on our forehead that says we are dedicated to the Lord. And in Revelation, it talks about the ones who are servants. They have a mark on their forehead. This mark is the sign of the Holy Spirit on you that you received in the sacraments, in the baptism, in the confirmation of the church. I was thinking about nowadays Pope Tawadros is in the United States. So every day you turn on the TV in the morning and you see uh, the Pope, he's uh, consecrating altars. You know, the process of consecrating an altar is you take the myron and you pour it on the altar, they wipe it and consecrate it. That same process, and now the altar is dedicated. Like it's dedicated altar. Like if you have a table and you consecrate it with, uh, with the myron, you can't like go eat like falafel on it. It's like dedicated to 
the Lord. The same oil was used on you. The same oil was used on you in your confirmation. And now you are dedicated to the Lord. Now you are consecrated. Now you are holy. No longer can you partake in other unholy things. Because you have a sign on your face that says, I am dedicated to the Lord. I think all of us could benefit from a little rekindling of this relationship with God. And I think all of us need to we give all. We need to rekindle that relationship. I think sometimes we have knowledge of God. Knowledge of God, but we don't know Him. We don't know Him. And there's a big difference here. Like for instance, I know Michael Jordan. Did you know that? I know Michael Jordan. I know that he was number 23. I know he went to North Carolina. I know that he won six championships. I know a lot about Michael Jordan. But actually, I do not know him. So actually you can have knowledge of someone and not actually know him. And actually this is something that came up in the gospel many times. Many people come and said, Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we attend church every week in your name? Didn't we do miracles in your name? And then at the end of that, what did the Lord say? He said, I don't know you. How do you not know him if all this time you've been filling your time coming to church and doing all the stuff, that, but you don't know him? The idea is that to know Him is something different. To know Him is a relationship. To know Him is to, to communicate with Him. In order to love God, we have to move beyond superficial knowledge of God. We have to encounter the Lord. You know, in the, um, like one of the examples that's always in my mind is uh, the example of Father Lazarus. I don't know if you've seen his account. Father Lazarus was someone who was an atheist for 40 years and he came to know the Lord. And the way he came to know the Lord was through an encounter with St. Mary. So I always think about, like we always give Sunday school lessons about intercession. Like pray to St. Mary, like intercession. But when you see St. Mary interceding for you, isn't that a little different? Like when you see your prayers being answered, isn't that a little different than one who just tells you, like from I'm standing here, pray and your prayers will be answered. Isn't that different than if someone prays and encounters and sees the results of their prayers? Isn't that different when you encounter the Lord? I think in order to love the Lord, our God, with all our mind and all our soul and all our strength, we have to have real encounters with Him. And the idea of being committed was what was read in the Pauline epistle today. Actually, the word committed appeared in the Pauline epistle today three times. And we'll read you a part. It says, hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard from me. Hold fast the pattern. Means like hold fast, I could say be committed. Be committed to the sound words which you hear. Then he goes on to talk about, you know who's a great example of commitment? The best example of commitment. The best example of commitments are soldiers. You never find a half-hearted soldier. A soldier committed. Knows like, oh, you want me to go there? I'm going. Like, uh, yes, sir, general, sir. You know, and they do what they're told and they, they, they are committed to the cause of the nation, to the cause of their general. This is what St. Paul, he's telling us. He says, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 
No one, hear this part, no one entangled, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. You can't be a soldier and be entangled in the affairs of this life. That's why we have to be committed. The point is good disciples are committed. I know we're all busy, we all have stuff, but those things that don't be entangled, like don't be caught in the web of being just busy for busy's sake. You know? Some people are just busy to be busy just to fill their time. Give your time to the Lord. Put your Lord and be committed to His calling. The third quality of being a good disciple is to... The third quality is to spread His message. To be an evangelist. To be a missionary. In the gospel of today, the gospel of today started out by the Lord rejoicing. And why was the Lord rejoicing? He was rejoicing because in the previous part of this chapter, He had sent out His apostles and they came back and were saying, Lord, even the demons were subjected to us. So this made the Lord very happy. Says he rejoiced in the spirit. I was remembering the verse that said, There will be more joy. Imagine this. Imagine this. There will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. That's why the message that we share is the message of repentance. As evangelists, as missionaries, we share the message of repentance. It's a message of love, a message of care, a message of comfort. A message of caring for our neighbor. Wasn't it to love God and to love your neighbor? And then when the Lord said to love your neighbor, He gave one of the most famous parables about loving your neighbor, which was the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan touches my heart because I'm like guilty of... Like the Good Samaritan, you know the story of the Good Samaritan. Some person needed help, bandage, victim of thieves, lying on the side of the road. And then the priest walks by, doesn't do anything. Then the Levite walks by, doesn't do anything. Then his enemy, the Samaritan, walks by, his enemy. Yeah, it'd be like someone, I don't want to say, but an enemy in front of you, and you go and you take him to the hospital, you pay for his expenses, you put him up, you treat his wounds, you give him food and clothing, and then that's taking care of your neighbor. That's what the Lord said was taking care of your neighbor. I hope, I think we're all kind of deficient in this. In order to be good disciples, of the Lord. We have to be, we have to be, Ragamaya, we have to be, we have to be simple. We have to be committed and we have to take care of our neighbor. We have to take care of our neighbor. And glory be to God forever. Amen.